Welcome to the Beacon Hill Podcast, helping you grow in your faith and shine for Christ. Thanks for joining us. Now here are your hosts, Pastor G.J. Farmer and the Beacon Hill Baptist Church staff. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the very first episode of the Beacon Hill Podcast. We've been planning this for a few months now, I guess, maybe, I don't know, almost two months. We've been kind of working on the idea but uh, appreciate uh, Pastor Jake's work on getting everything together. We're excited to uh, join you in this way. I'm sitting here with Pastor Josh and Pastor Jake. If you're new to Beacon Hill, maybe uh, you've never been to Beacon Hill before, I wanted to take a moment just to kind of introduce myself and allow them to introduce uh, themselves. My name is G.J. Farmer. I'm the senior pastor here, and I've been here like, three days or four days, something like that. So (laughs) I'm pretty new, still learning uh, everything in the church and, but it's been great. I had a great past Sunday and um, yeah, so my family's all from Somerset. We know the area I've lived here uh, for many years, um, but we just moved back to the area. So glad to be back. Um, Josh, you want to introduce yourself, kind of tell what you do at the church, a little bit about maybe your family or something. I don't know, whatever you want to say. (laughs) Yeah. Sure. Um, I'm Pastor Josh Sorrow. I have been here almost six years, coming up in March, six-year anniversary at uh, Beacon Hill. And um, when I first got here, I was working as the administrator of students, and now my position is that I am the pastor of administration and discipleship. And there's a lot that goes in that, but um, it has to do with... uh, just being in charge of uh, day-to-day activities and some finance stuff and buildings and grounds and uh, technology stuff and also adult discipleship uh, for our church. And um, I have a wife, Laura, and three children, Scarlett, Jackson, and Phineas. So I was going to say, if like if you are not connected to a grow group or Bible study, Josh would be the guy to hook you up with that. So Absolutely. Appreciate your ministry. Jake? Yeah. So uh, I want you to sing your whole there you go. introduction. Gee, really? No, I don't. <laughs> All right, kidding. here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's immediately off the pot. <laughs> They're like, eh, I don't think this is for me. <laughs> well, I am Pastor Jake Edwards. Uh, I'm the worship pastor here. So I do all the music and all the audio, video, all that stuff. Um, you may, you probably know my name just cause I'm up on the stage every week, but, um, uh, yeah, so I, I've been doing that here almost three years and then total, uh, somewhere around 12 years, 13 years. And, um, we moved here from Lake Charles, Louisiana, so I'm not a native Kentuckian, but, uh, um, can you talk in like how they say it in Louisiana, Cajun, Louisiana? Yeah. Yeah, like a lot of times in Louisiana, you can't understand. Are you from there? Yeah, mostly. Oh, so yeah. Okay. <clears throat> most of my family's in Louisiana. I was I I grew up a lot in Fort Worth, Texas, so kind of dual citizen kind of thing. And yeah, um, so but yeah, just uh, just excited to for what God's doing here and and ready for uh, ready for everything that He's got. Well, so if you're not familiar with what we're going to do on the podcast, uh, every single week we're going to dig a little bit deeper uh, into the passage that we touched on the Sunday prior uh, in the service together. Uh, This particular week we looked at Luke 15, um, beginning in verse 11, 
at the story of the lost son. I want to uh, just take a moment to read the passage to you. I'll try to read quickly here. Um, it says, he, that's Jesus, also said, a man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, father, give me the share of the estate I have coming to me. So he distributed the assets to them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered together all he had and traveled to a distant country where he squandered his estate in foolish living. After he had spent everything, a severe famine struck that country and he had nothing. And then he went to work for one of the citizens of that country who sent him into his fields to feed pigs. He longed to eat his fill from the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one would give him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's workers have more than enough food, and here I am dying of hunger? I'll get up, go to my father, and say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired workers. And so he got up, went to his father. But while the son was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran, threw his arms around his neck, and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father told his servants, Quick, bring out the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. And then bring the fattened calf and slaughter it and let's celebrate with the feast because this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And so they began to celebrate. Now as we uh, look to this uh, parable, what we had talked about is Jesus is teaching some different kinds of people. Um, he's teaching uh, the fair, or excuse me, the tax collectors and sinners, it says, which were, you know, we talked about being the kind of the scum of society and the, the people, a lot of the religious leaders look down on. Uh, but then he was also teaching, uh, the Pharisees and the scribes. And actually, if you keep reading there in that passage in Luke 15, there's, he talks about the other son, uh, and that kind of addresses the Pharisees and the scribes and their attitudes toward everything. Um, but here in particular, we talked about the importance of having a fresh start with God. And we said, you know, to get a fresh start with God, uh, you have to first, you know, be honest about where you are, then you have to acknowledge your need for a change, uh, but then ultimately you have to to go to God. And, you know, as we all sit, we've probably been in services um, time and time again where, you know, in that service we realize, hey, you know, God's speaking to us, we need to make a change in our lives and as we're thinking about that, like, you know, sometimes in service, it's easy to do that. Or maybe if we're in a Bible study or something like that, but just day in and day out, what are your all thoughts of like, how do we go about identifying when we need a fresh start? Like, how do we really kind of assess where we are just as a daily practice? What are your all thoughts on that? You all can just jump in. I know that uh, for me... I tend to, so like there's some obvious things like if there are big sins in your life that, that you're continually going back to, those are like, can jump out at you like, hey, I need to come to my senses, like you said. But I know for me, like I can, I can be going along and just kind of drifting and uh, the way I react to situations ends up being less and less like Jesus, you know, so um, I'll find myself being more harsh with people. Uh, and for some reason, especially like my own family, you know, you get impatient with kids and, and everything that's going on. And, um, just whenever I, I can notice, or sometimes you have people that point it out to you, but, uh, 
um, it can just be like, okay, I'm, I'm not, I don't look like Jesus whenever I'm encountering these situations. And so I find that the more we return to him and the more we, um, just see in scripture the way that we should react, the more our natural reaction starts to become that. Um, and that's one way that like for me personally, that, that really stands out to me whenever, whenever I'm drifting, you know? Yeah. Right. I think just jumping off what Jake said, kind of the same for me is that there are telltale signs in my personal life. Um, things that, I can identify that aren't usually there whenever I feel myself drifting, not spending enough time in his word, not spending enough time in prayer, um, things like that. Kind of just the same where he was saying he's, um, gets more angry or, or, or whatever. And I look back on my own life and I can see, all right, why is this happening? You know, why is my anxiety, anxiety, uh, you know, greater or why is my, fear greater or my anger or there are things in my life which you know I can look at and know because I've you know I've been a Christian for 30 plus years that I can see that hey these are being affected because you are not spending time daily um, working on your relationship with God you know you are not giving him uh, the time that he deserves um, in order for him to uh, control your life, you know, it's it's basically a pride thing for me. You know, it's is my way better or God's way? And when I feel myself drifting towards myself, um, that's when it really affects me. Yeah, and I think <clears throat> you know, just thinking about the idea of needing a fresh start, I'll just add, I think it's crucial for all of us to stop and assess where we are you know, almost on a regular basis before, you know, we talked about Sunday, how this parable, um, depicts somebody who had hit rock bottom. Like we don't want to wait until we've right. hit rock bottom right. on, you know, our attitude or our actions or whatever, mm -hmm. before we realize, Oh wow, we, we need to straighten something up. Right. And I think that's unfortunately what a lot of people do is they just like, you know, they'll, come to church maybe a, a few times or go to a Bible study or read their Bible for a week or two. And then they feel good about where they are. And then they just kind of back off of it. In fact, that's kind of what a little bit of what I'm going to be talking about this Sunday. They just kind of back off of it and think, Oh, I'm good. And then let themselves get back. It's kind of like, um, you know, probably a lot of people have new year's resolutions about dieting and things like that. You know, if somebody wants to lose a certain amount of weight, and then they do, and they're like, okay, I'm good. And then they just go back to how they were before. You're just going to end up back in the same spot over and over. And so I think it's crucial that we assess, like, do we need, you know, and if you want to call it a fresh start, if you want to call it like, uh, you know, almost like a recommitment every day, you know, to the Lord that we're right. going to honor him and serve him, mm -hmm. um, you so know, with our lives. You're saying that people set weight loss goals and they actually hit them? <laughs> I've never seen that. Well, I've never seen that for uh, me. I don't know. Yeah. I, <laughs> now that I think about it, uh, no. I, but yeah, I think you know. Yeah, probably some people do. <laughs> but I, <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> oh, gee. But uh, anyway, so we, uh, you know, we go through these, uh, you know, I guess motions sometimes, and so we just got to mm -hmm. get ourselves out of that, and you know, just make sure that our relationships with the Lord are real.
I think, uh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, and I was going to say any other thoughts. Well, I think that's, that's why it's so important to have somebody in your life, at least one person in your life who you are accountable to, you know, and just who can like recognize those things when you can't recognize them in yourself. You know, yeah. I think, like you said, a lot of times the reason why we drift so far away is because it's not, oftentimes it's not like these huge sins that are, that we're committing. It's like, we're gradually drifting and it's hard to see that in ourselves on a day-to-day basis if you're not being intentional. So I think that, um, you know, like having an accountability partner where you can talk about your struggles, talk about your sins, um, confess to one another. Uh, that's so important yeah. in that. Yeah. And I know for me, you know, as bad as, I won't say as bad, as much as we like probably have times that we don't like this, I think that for me, the best accountability partner that I've had in my whole life has been my wife. Um, you know, she sees things in me and recognizes things in me. Um, and she will point them out. And, you know, when that happens, there are times that I'm like, she doesn't know what she's talking about, you know, and that just, you know, probably makes me madder or whatever in a situation. (laughs) But when you step back and think like, you know, and just are honest, maybe with yourself, you know, that there are times that you know, maybe your spouse or somebody close to you, if you're a teenager, maybe your parents or, or whoever point things out in your life and you're like, yeah, I need to work on that. But going back to, I don't, one of y'all mentioned a pride thing a minute ago, you know, that is a hit on our pride, but we have to, yeah. you know, have to humble ourselves sometimes and say, yeah, I, I do need to kind of take a look at my relationship with the Lord or take a look at where I am in my life and, and get back to doing the things I need to do. Right. Any other thoughts on that? Well, in thinking about this, one of the uh, the other things that we mentioned is the idea of like just going to God and how important that is. Um, you know, when you think about the idea of going to God, like literally in this story, we see, um, you know, the son running or going to the father and the father running to him. Uh in our lives, there are times that we have to, you know, um, go to God and in church service or Bible study, like we know what that looks like. It may look like going to the altar to pray. It may look like just a time of worship where we're singing or, you know, really reflective in prayer. What does it look like just in everyday life to go to God? Like, you know, let's just say somebody's at work and, you know, I know our workplace is a little bit different probably than most people because we work at a church. Uh, but just day in and day out, like if you're at work or hanging out with your family at the house or whatever, and you realize, hey, I need God to intervene in this situation. I need God in my life. What do you do in those moments to go to God? What are your all thoughts or how could somebody make sure they, you know, they're they're going to God when they're away from church. Right. Any, any thoughts? Well, I think when we talked about spiritual disciplines, you know, that word discipline, okay, it's it's a it's a challenge. You know, it's very easy, I think, for Christians, you know, Wednesdays and Sunday mornings to go to God and be spiritual and feel connected to God and 
but then you have five other days of the week. And the passage of the New Testament is that we die daily, you know, to Christ. Um, and it's impossible to just for me to think to spend time away from your father every day um, that you're not living the right kind of life. Okay, God doesn't ask us just to uh, attend Sunday morning and worship together on the service or go to a Bible study on Wednesday night. Uh, it's an everyday thing. And the closer that you are doing that, you know, you, you're working on the discipline to uh, spend time in prayer every single day, spend time in his word, spend time loving others, doing all the things uh, that he commands of us. Um, just my own personal life, it's very easy uh, to go to God to bring things before him when I feel that I'm doing a good job connecting to him every day. Mm-hmm. Um, the times in my life where I have had, uh, you know, valleys in my life, and I that's really easy to turn back to God to say, you, you know, I'm going through something, and I only know that God can, you know, take care of it and that I need him to intervene. But the challenge for me is, how do I do that when I'm on the mountaintops? Mm-hmm. You know, and I think things are going well, okay, and I and I and I feel like you know, again, pride may keep you in. Yeah, this is why it's going well because I'm doing this and everything, and 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 then you find yourself or me personally drifting away again. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think for those that are, like you said, it it can sometimes be more difficult whenever things are going well. Right. I think in the times like you're talking about people that that have drifted and need to go to God. Um, I think a lot of it is one is like having, you have to have a certain level of humility to be able to realize like, like I know for me, I, I just, I'll actually pray the words, forgive me for the pride that I had thinking that I could handle this by myself. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. we have such a high opinion of ourselves and we don't even really think about it. But like when we try to handle situations ourselves, we're basically saying, God, I, I don't need you yeah. for this. Yeah. And so I think there's there's a good level of humility that has to be there. And then also there there's also a, an amount of trust that he is who he says he is, like um, that he is forgiving and caring and that he'll, he will be like the father in the story and come running after us and embrace mm-hmm. us. You know, I think a lot of times there's a lot of shame and guilt that comes along with sin, especially when we come to a realization as to how far we've we've drifted. And I think that we have to trust that no matter how far we are, uh, this this uh, son in the story was as far off as you could get. Like mm-hmm. you had talked about, you know, just some of the different cultural things. And he was still, he still was to a certain level able to trust that his father was gonna gonna welcome him back, you know. Um, and so I, I think that that's what we need is just just to know that when we go to God, he's not looking for us to say, okay, I've got a plan as to how I can fix this. Mm-hmm. Like we just need to go to him and trust that he's going to embrace right. us and, and welcome us back. Yeah. I think, you know, another thing that could be a good, uh, spiritual discipline, good practice for everybody is like when we're just in the day to day, this idea that scripture presents of praying without ceasing, I don't really feel like that means like, you just sit down and just pray and pray and pray and pray like right. you can, but nobody can like literally do that every single day. Right. 
So I think what that means is like just having a spirit and an attitude of prayer all day long, meaning like, you know, if something, you know, uh, bad happens to you uh, or to someone and you want to pray, you can whisper a prayer to the Lord right then. Uh, if it's, you know, might be one of those things that you're just struggling and you need some wisdom or whatever, whisper a prayer to God in those moments. Uh, you mentioned being on the mountaintops, good things, maybe saying a prayer of things. And if you make a habit of that all day long, what you find yourself doing is not only praying at different times of the day, but you find yourselves like acknowledging and thinking about God all day long. And I think that mindset is really like how we keep ourselves from getting off the path that we need to be on. Like if we can acknowledge God in all aspects of our day, like that brings us to a place that, that we're just like, you know, constantly always thinking about him and uh, having an ongoing relationship and conversation with him. And I do, I personally have found that helpful in the past. And so you know, when you think about going to God in everyday life, it may look different depending on your setting. You know, you may have an opportunity that you can, you know, turn on some music and just worship like in your car as you're driving down the road. You may have an opportunity where you can just bow before the Lord in prayer. Uh, you may have time that you can get in his word. But even outside of those times, it's the the idea of just constantly dwelling upon the things of right. the Lord and, and thinking about him. Any other thoughts on that? Well, something else I was considering, you know, if we look at this um, parable from kind of a different perspective, um, we know that first and foremost, we have to see ourselves in the son here who, you know, was kind of a lost cause. I won't say kind of, he was a lost cause. And, you know, he came to his senses and came back to his father and his father forgave him. Like that literally is our story and everybody's story who has turned to the Lord in faith. Um, but then when we have come to the Lord, we are tasked and um, given the responsibility of living our lives in a way that honors and pleases God. And we do that by living with the same characteristics that God shows to us. And so in thinking about that, I think there is something to be said about the love and forgiveness the father shows to his son and the fact that we are to love and forgive other people in that same way. Now, I just want to kind of throw out the question, like, why do you think we sometimes find that so difficult and what could we do maybe to, to get better at that? Uh, Cause I think all of us struggle in some ways. Like, you know, I, I just put myself even in the shoes of this father here thinking about like if this situation literally happened to me, like, man, that would be pretty tough. Mm -hmm. Um, so how do we, how do we kind of reframe our minds to help us love and forgive and learn to do that as God does us? What are your thoughts? Right. Well, I'd say for me, the more I meditate on his word, the more I read about the characteristics, the more you can focus on, what Jesus did for you on the cross. I mean, that's the ultimate sacrifice. Anytime I feel like for myself that I'm filling up with, um, you know, you, you're being wronged and you're, you don't want to forgive forgive that person. You know, you were wronged. You know, you deserve to have your revenge or vengeance, even though God says that he's going to take care of it. Uh, that's just our human nature, I believe. You know, just um, our sin nature is really goes back to pride, you know, wanting 
what's best for us. You know, it's all about me, you know, and for, and forgiveness is, 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 you know, part of being humble. You know, God, he loves us enough to forgive us no matter how much we sin against him. All right. And our sins, you know, are, are so great, um, against him sometimes it's like how can we not forgive others for what they do you know to us um i think that's a hard it's a hard concept sometimes for for christians to grasp uh, just you know for me personally but um when i focus on his word for myself when i feel like i'm spending time in scripture knowing god's characteristics continue to study and learn about um, his holiness and why and what he did for me personally, then I say to myself, well, how can I not forgive that person? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, I think a lot of times we forget um, exactly where we were, you know, that we were that right. son that had wandered or that didn't love our father in the first place. And I think a lot of times once we, we come to know Christ and we see a different way to be, we sometimes equate that with like it's self-righteousness or it's, you know, it's, um, we don't often understand, like we, we almost forget how we could be in that spot. And we say like, well, how could they do that? And we have no compassion for, for them. And I think key, like you said, keeping, in proper perspective where we were and what has been done for us um, and that we're no better than anyone else. And so if someone's struggling or someone, like you said, treats us with contempt or um, different things, you know, or even if we just see someone and we just cast judgment on them because of their behavior, I think that comes from a place of um, setting ourselves higher than we than we really are and mm-hmm. and we kind of forget the fact that um that we were that lost son and we were far off from god and it was him who opened our eyes and it was him that embraced us and loved us and we need to show that same love and compassion yeah i heard a quote uh a while back that said basically if you look to these different types of stories and first see yourself as like Oh, you know, Jesus hung out with the tax collectors and sinners, so I need to, you know, hang out with sinners or whatever. The quote was like, "You're forgetting who you are in the story. Yeah. Like, you are the tax collector. You are the sinner. Yeah, you are the one who needs forgiveness. And so, kind of like what you said, you know, if we're constantly remembering what God has done for us, it should put us in a an an attitude of thankfulness and gratitude and being more willing to forgive. Uh, Matthew 6, where Jesus is teaching the model prayer, um, you know, one of the things he says is, forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And if you actually look at that wording, it literally means like that we can pray to God, forgive us in the same way that we've forgiven other people. Now, if you think about like praying that to God, if you prayed, God, forgive me in the same way I've forgiven other people, how much would God forgive us? And then, you know, we get down to verse 14 and 15 of Matthew 6. If you forgive others their offenses, your heavenly Father will forgive you as well. But if you don't forgive others, your Father will not forgive you your offenses. Like, 
you know, and the reason Jesus can say this is a marker of a Christian because it is a characteristic of God is to be loving and forgiving. And so if, if we know the Lord, we're going to be forgiving. And if we don't, then, you know, or I'll just say, if we're not unforgiving, we need to assess again, like what we talked about earlier, where we are with God. And, and maybe we need to get back to that fresh start and that path. Any final thoughts you guys have? It's good stuff. Yeah. Well, I've, it's been fun hanging out on this first episode. Um, if you're still with us, let me remind you, uh, this Sunday at Beacon Hill, we're going to finish up this two-part series on a fresh start. So one of the things we talked about <clears throat> this past Sunday was getting back on the path God wants for us. But then uh, this coming Sunday, we're going to be talking about how do we stay the course? How do we stay uh, on track? And we know that, as we talked about today, like we tend to to veer in different directions. So what are some some principles, some disciplines that we can put in place to help us do that? And so we're going to be talking about that. We'd love to see you at Beacon Hill Baptist Church this Sunday. We've got grow groups at 915, worship at 1030 a.m. Uh, if you don't know where we are, we're on the south end of Somerset at the corner of 914 Bypass and Highway 27. And so we would love to see you. We hope that uh, you've enjoyed this podcast. We'll be doing this every Thursday. So join us again next Thursday uh, for episode two of the Beacon Hill podcast. You've been listening to the Beacon Hill podcast. For more information about Beacon Hill Baptist Church, visit beaconhillbaptist.com.